the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800 516 1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. Good day and welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. I'm seeing Donald Trump is pushing tax reform pretty aggressively um, with his Treasury Secretary at this point in time. Should I sign it? It's going to be a long battle, so take your time before you sign it. News is hitting from all angles today. There's earnings. There's fiscal plans, taxes. There's monetary policy. There's economic data, there's political. So there's a lot to digest, and one of the things I try not to do is take a look too much at how the market's doing today. I'd prefer to see how it's doing for the year. Um, I think that helps you a little bit more. And there's a lot of expectations built into this market. It may take some time for the market to kind of sort through all this. The Trump administration released some core principles on its tax reform. Um which was long on promise, very short on details. And we'll see if any of it gets done. So the Democrats have kind of dug in their their boots, so to speak, and they're promising to fight. The Bank of Japan left its monetary policy unchanged. Okay, so that's political news. Uh, International news. And you can kind of go, okay, got it. Um, Bank of Japan also raised its economic growth forecast while trimming its forecast for some uh, inflation. The ECB left its monetary policy unchanged. Uh, Mario Draghi, who, come on, who doesn't want to look man with the last name of Draghi? Um, he was pretty dumbish, so didn't talk a lot about inflation. He said downside risks have diminished. He added that underlying inflation remains subdued. He thinks there is substantial easing policies um, that will stay in place. So cheap money over in Europe. When our Federal Reserve is raising interest rates, trying to, 
Mario Draghi also pointed out that the ECB doesn't do policy based on election outcomes. But I think everyone's looking at the election outcomes. 300 companies have reported their March quarterly earnings so far. Latest batch was somewhat mixed. Um, Amazon, Microsoft, Intel, and Google. Company named Alphabet, which I hate that name. They're going to be reporting today after the close. Donald Trump, going back on one of his promises to blow up NAFTA, says, you know, we're going to keep NAFTA in place. But he wants to renegotiate it, and it's a 25-year-old policy, so it probably should be renegotiated at some point in time. I don't think that's rude to think of. So Canada and Mexico and the United States have changed a lot in the last 25 years, right? Initial jobless claims came in at 257,000, which was a good number. It was higher than expected. But, again, the unemployment claims in the United States are not relatively low, historically low. And we feel good about that. Um, Trade and labor are doing quite well in the United States. Durable goods orders for March increased seven-tenths of a percent. If you exclude transportation, orders decreased two-tenths of a percent, but were revised up for last month. And you saw something called non-defense capital goods, excluding aircraft, which is a proxy for business investing. That increased, which is a positive. But overall, that was a soft number. Um, Positive, but soft. There's going to be news throughout the day today. Pending home sales report came out, and uh, weaker than expected. We'll get natural gas inventories today. We'll take a look at that compared to gasoline. We'll see what supply and demand looks like. You'll get a lot more people, and uh, I've got on the news this morning, on my little side television here at work, and you're seeing a lot, a lot of Trump cabinet members getting on TV trying to sell you know, tax reform. So that's out there. That's a, that's a thing, um, if you know what I'm saying. to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Ford's profit tumbled as cost to fix vehicles jumped. Um, Their profit sank 35% during the first quarter to $1.6 billion as higher costs for warranties, recalls, and materials eroded their bottom line. That's a stock that I'm a little bit intrigued with, except for I'm not at all. Do I want to try to do a trade on it? I do. Am I going to do a trade on it? No chance. When it comes to investing, there's certain things that it's just best to know that like you're not good at. Um, I'm not good at Ford. Even though I look at it, I go, it's $11.43. It's got a super low PE and a 5.2% dividend yield. Whoa, that 5.2% dividend yield, you can't get that at bank. People are going to look at that and they're going to go, I want that. Look at that PE. It's, it's half of what the market is. And I just know in my head, stay away from it. I don't know why. Um, I just know in my head, stay away from it. So I hope you become that type of investor where there's things that don't tempt you. You don't need a succubus, per se. Um, You can sometimes just walk away and go, you know what? I don't need that. Um, It's probably not going to go terribly well for me if I get in over my head. So investors are digesting a huge patch of earnings. Uh, Crude oil slipping today. That's weighing on energy stocks. Uh, 
you get the Bank of Japan and European Central Bank leaving monetary policy unchanged, but stimulative. So we're kind of liking that. Instagram is becoming, you know, another Facebook. Um, and that's worthy of note. Um, at a recent all-hands meeting with employees, a guy named Kevin Systrom, founder and chief executive of Instagram, showed off one of his favorite charts. Days to reach the next 100 million users. It's the only graph in the company that they celebrate when it declines. Um, as CEO, he's, he's out there. Not long ago, Facebook, you know, own photo-based social network. Um, and they grew in a steady clip. Every nine months, without fail, Instagram added another 100 million users somewhere in the world. Last year, it began racking up more new users every day. It grew to 600 million from 500 million. Just four months after reaching that milestone, the company announced it reached another. So Instagram's pretty popular. Um, for better or for worse, I'm passive on my use of social media. Every Friday I do a Facebook Live. But I feel like we're oversharing as a nation. Facebook has nearly 2 billion users a month, and two instant messenger apps are owned by Facebook, WhatsApp and Facebook Messenger. They've grown past the 1 billion users as well. A lot of people think Facebook's going to crush Snap just because, well, Snap's out there, and they can crush them. Um, I'm enjoying Snap on a lot of levels and how it shapes social media on different levels. If you compare with how stories works on Instagram with how it works on Snapchat, they're pretty similar. But the context is very different. The fact that Instagram tends to foster larger, more public networks in which people maintain a more polished profile and Snapchat encourages a smaller, more intimate network. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Don't forget, I always have a seminar coming up. Um, don't sign up for both. Sign up for one or the other. One is creating your first million. One is managing your millions as you cruise into retirement. You can sign up for either or at robblackshow.com. To get in for free, it's code RADIO25. That's RADIO25. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. So I'm one to always like a good story, and investing, I think, provides great stories every single day. Whether we're looking at stories like too few listings or pinching real estate, um, and then we start getting the social commentary of, I know a lot of people in real estate. Um, so if it's transaction-based, maybe they're not having a good month. Maybe they're not having a good quarter. Maybe they're not having a good year. Um, then again, in the Bay Area, with an average home going for you know a lot of money in my hometown, a million-plus dollars, 
it, it can weigh on you. Other story of the day that I found the most interesting is, is looking back at yesterday and ESPN cutting a lot of jobs. I stopped watching ESPN news shows six to eight years ago. As I was growing older and you know, family issues to me became much more important than living vicariously through collegiate athletes or professional athletes. I don't own any jerseys. Um, I find that to be silly. A grown man owning a jersey is pretty silly to me. So ESPN has kind of become silly to me. I've kind of aged out of it. And I think a lot of America is starting to say to themselves, you know, I've got so much money. What am I going to spend it on? I've got so many eyeballs per day. What am I going to focus them on? ESPN is the so-called worldwide leader in sports. Um, It's a hell of a brand. When you think ESPN, you think sports. When you think of ESPN, you think sports center. So they started cutting a lot of journalists and on-air talent. A couple years ago, some of them have left on their own. Um, But they've also had to do this not you know, because they wanted to, but because the industry changed. They get locked into these big contracts that are long-term deals. And when you start looking at that, you're like, whoa, you know, $12 billion deal with ESP, uh, with NBA, $15 billion deal with NFL, $7 billion deal with college sports, college football. So they get these big deals that they have to pay off. And, Really, the only thing they could do is look for cost savings at this point in time. The market will only pay so much in advertising fees. And now that people are starting to kill cable, and go, you know what, I'll just do a Hulu package, or I'll just do Hulu and Netflix. Why am I paying $160 a month when I can pay $40? Um, every time you're a cable subscriber, you're paying almost $7 to ESPN. Um, and that's got to change. Because the cable companies are starting to see people figure out the math of, I can do this on my own for 40 bucks. Um, within reason, you know, you're going to lose some of the bells and whistles, some of the glitz. But I think you're going to pull it off. So ESPN basically cut tons of player, people yesterday. Trent Dilfer, Danny Cannell, Lynn Elmore, uh, baseball manager, general manager Jim Bowden. They all tweeted throughout the day, like, hey, I've given, uh, I lost my job. Great place to work at, made a lot of friends, lost my job. Um, and again, it's the nature of the beast of those long-term contracts are just killers. So eight years the NFL for $15 million plus dollars, you know, whoa. Sounds like we have a phone call. Let's see who's out there. Mill in Napa, how are you? Uh, I'm good, Rob. Enjoying the program this morning. Um yeah, I was wondering what you might think of uh, Whole Foods. I'm not too much in investing in food companies particularly, but uh, the fact that they're uh, oh, that uh, food uh, company in Utah, what's it called? Uh, oh, Albertsons. Yeah, they might take it over. Uh, my only interest would be if it's, uh, you know, uh, a, a, a takeover candidate that might be... Uh, Something to uh, look at from that point of view. What do you think? So you're looking you're looking at purely for greedy reasons. You want kind of an instant winner. Sure. You said you're not really 
<laughs> Perfect. I'm just making sure but I'm the same I, I would uh, hold it long-term. I'm a long-term holder. But you said you don't like food companies. Well, uh, if I could buy Trader Joe's, I would buy that one. But uh, the rest okay. of them, I don't know. I want to buy Trader Joe's because it's filled with hippies. And... The margins aren't good. Uh, in the end, and when I say hippies, I'm joking. Yeah. Um, in the end, you and I are only going to pay X amount of dollars for turkey. Mm-hmm. We're only going to pay. So it's not an industry that has good margins. It's got very tight margins. That's true. Whether you're talking Whole Foods, Safeway, Albertsons. Uh, Whole Foods has been known for the whole paycheck. Last yeah. week, there was a story that Amazon was going to consider buying Whole Foods. Now, this week, there's a story that Albertson's going to consider buying Whole Foods. So, <clears throat> I probably wouldn't buy it based on that. Mm-hmm. What I personally would do, and thanks for the call, is I would make my determination if I really want to own it. You started the conversation by saying you don't really like food companies. So, I'm going to take you for your word and say be careful. I think rest, not restaurants, but grocery stores have kind of a value trap going on where there's just not a lot of growth. Um, Whole Foods had a lot of growth in opening new stores and charging a lot for their their food. And in recent years, they've said, we're going to charge less for our food. And again, that's not conducive to you. It's like the airline industry. Um, When they came out today and said, you know, we're not going to overbook flights. That's not good news for an investor. So RBC Capital Markets says Whole Foods should be a $42 stock. It's currently a $36 stock. They looked at Whole Foods opening its um, fourth uh, store called 365, and it's built as a 2.0 version, and it's a smaller uh, market. Uh, it's attractive location, square footage efficiencies, a lot more sophisticated uh, prepared foods, and they see this as an outperform. But you're talking about a $36, $37 stock that has a price target of about 42 Now... The Wall Street Journal did a recent report that Whole Foods is planning to lower prices. That story came out April 17th, if you want to go take a look at it. Um, Barron's did a report on Whole Foods, and again, it's just not growthy. So for me, I don't see the catalyst. Go for it if you want to. I prefer things like Starbucks as, yeah, moms tend to want to feed their kids, and they tend not to want to go to McDonald's, and Starbucks is not McDonald's, and Starbucks is perceived as quality food, like Whole Foods, uh, whereas McDonald's is considered you know, processed foods, which processed food, bad. Um, so I prefer different stories. Um, I'm not against Whole Foods, and let's hope you buy it, and they get taken out for a super premium. Um, but that's tied toward ifs and buts. If they get acquired, and the, say about ifs and buts, if ifs and buts were candy and nuts, oh, what a party you would have. Um, it's just not my play. So, uh, will they be acquired? I think down the road they will. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Call Rob Black now, 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. 
516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Struggling ESPN lays off a lot of talent yesterday. ESPN is part of the cable, I'd, I'd almost call it a cable mess. Um, ESPN's part of Disney, and they've become kind of bloated. So Wall Street taught us a lesson yesterday. One of the highest costs of doing business is tied towards labor. And you can cut, you know, um, an ex-quarterback who played for 14 years, who was popular and who knows the game, who's insightful. And Wall Street will go, thanks, that's good news for us. You could probably promote younger people and keep the cost structure lower. So that was a big lesson learned yesterday. A uh, huge lesson learned yesterday. Struggling ESPN lays off a lot of on-air figures. Trent Delfer, Jason Stark, Ed Werder. Um, some of those were the big names laid off. Labor is an expensive part of business. So just kind of go with that. Stick with me for a little bit longer here. Um, so when we see things like first-time unemployment claims and they're low, we're like, well, labor's doing pretty good out there. So today we got first-time unemployment claims. Um, we're also getting a lot of airlines coming out and talking about the business that they're doing. And they're trying to tell us how squeezed they feel or don't feel. And uh, United said they'll give up to $10,000 if you give up a seat. And I'm like, whoa, I'll give up my seat for $10,000. Like, there's certainly a number, right, where you're like, I'm out. You can have the, the darn seat. So United's going after kind of a different business at this point in time where they're just trying to figure out how can we not look bad in the news. You know what I'm saying? So um, we all have little tweaks and twerks. So and the news out there right now is it's telling us a lot. number of Americans filing for unemployment benefits rose more than expected last week, but the four-week average... Still sits at a two-month low. Um, the average cost of retirement. What do you think the average cost of retirement is right now? The average cost of retirement is $738,000. Now, no one wants to spend your retirement working. Maybe you do. It's not a horrible thing. But if you haven't saved enough, you're going to be you know, spending your golden years struggling. So the latest Merrill Lynch Finances and Retirement Survey revealed that the average cost of retirement is about $738,000. Obviously, you're going to have priorities in your retirement. You're going to have expenses in your retirement. You're going to have savings that you need in your retirement. A lot going on there, right? That's one of my favorite phrases. Um, Dave Letterman once had a band uh, on his show. And uh, Edward Sharp in the uh, Magnetic Zeros. And at the end, he goes over to shake Edward Sharp's hand and goes, this is a lot going on. He didn't know how to say, whoa, what I just saw was really cool. 
Um, so he said, there's a lot going on. And uh, with retirement, there's a lot going on. And you, you'll need to really focus in on it as best you can. Let's bring in CFP Chad Burton, talk a little bit more about financial planning and what retirement will and will not look like. Let's welcome in CFP Chad Burton. How are you today, Mr. Burton? Doing well. Doing well. One of the areas that we don't really talk too much about is charity. And there's a word out there, charitable remainder trust. We know a trust. We know Paris Hilton. Granddaddy did the Hilton Hotel. She's a trust baby. How do charitable trusts work together? Yeah, it's a little bit different than creating a trust baby because what I find that a lot of people that are wealthy really start to look for ways to be philanthropic. And I think one of the best estate tax planning tools, and, and you really have to look at the estate tax as almost like a voluntary tax. There's so many things that you can do while you're alive in terms of gifting, in terms of setting up your estate the right way to, to avoid paying too much in estate taxes. And my favorite type of strategy for people that really come to me and they say, here's my financial plan, and I'm also looking for ways to benefit my charity and protect my children. And I think one of the best tools out there is a charitable remainder trust. Okay. So picture this. Let's say you have a couple. They're in their 60s. They've got a combined estate with their Bay Area home and some stock options that they that they have that have real low stock basis, cost basis of about $12 bucks. So, and let's say they're looking at this, you know, a million dollars in this stock that they might have purchased a long, long time ago with a basis of, you know, a couple hundred thousand. Right. So, the the stock doesn't pay any dividends. It's a typical tech type of a company. And they really want to diversify. They Mm -hmm. really want to, you know, get into an area where they can take some income, at least get some dividends off of it. Now, they could sell the stock, right? They could sell the million dollars and pay all of the state capital gains tax, the federal capital gains tax, and have you know less than $800,000 left over after taxes to get into something that they could pull 5% from. Okay. So, you know, really what would happen is they'd only end up between seven hundred fifty dollars to $800,000 left over to really invest. Now, if they had 5% income from that, they'd only have 37500 each year, right? If you want to do the math, okay, that, that's all they would have to live off of for the rest of their life. Because at 65, you don't want to draw more than 5% of the portfolio. And then, since they have a, a large estate, whatever's left of that $750,000 when they die would be taxed at estate tax rates approaching 50%, the success tax. So the kids might only receive like 350000 of that. And Uncle Sam gets the other half. Now, in a charitable remainder trust, let's say you said you've identified a charity or two or several that you want money to go to after you pass away. You can put the money into the charitable remainder trust. So you, what you could do is set up a charitable remainder trust. You're the trustee of it, so you can determine you know how to invest the proceeds. And, and it doesn't nothing goes to the charity until you pass, until you die, until the second one is gone. So you could put the million dollars stock into that charitable remainder trust. You could get a big tax deduction for doing that. Usually at that age, it would be somewhere around $200,000 to $250,000 tax deduction. So this is great because you could put the million dollars into the trust. You could turn around and sell the that low base of stock once it's in the trust and create an income-producing portfolio, zero current capital gains taxes. Okay. Nothing at all. You can diversify without paying any capital gains tax. And then you can create that lifetime income of 5%. But 5% on a million dollars is 50000 bucks a year, right? Right. So you get a higher income and you get a tax deduction. You have five years to use that tax deduction up. So then what you do is you you look at it and say, okay, the charity's going to win when I die, right? My kids, though, don't get the million dollars. So you take some of that money and you you funnel into an irrevocable life insurance trust so that it replaces the million dollars to your heirs totally tax-free. 
And really, the tax deduction and the lack of paying capital gains taxes pays for the insurance for the kids. So everybody wins. The, the kids get the money. The charity gets the money. You get the income. Uncle Sam gets zero. It's a great estate planning What happens, tool. though, if you run out of money in the charitable remainder trust? Can you spend it down by accident? Well, if you do, if you invest poorly, right. yeah, you could. it could be gone. Or if the market does a massive correction, as long as you've done the prudent man rule and you invested in a balanced portfolio, nothing nothing can happen to you. It's just poor market performance. And what happens is your income stocks and it stops and the charity ends up not getting anything. I haven't seen that happen. You invest in but a balanced portfolio. you still get portfolio. the tax deduction. Your kids still get the life insurance. Correct. Okay. Yeah. It's a great planning tool, especially those that it complicates life a little bit. Do you think anyone ever abuses that? Um, abuses it? I, you know, I don't I, I know, don't. Jim Cramer always so. talks about his charitable remainder trust, but he's living kind of large. Well, again, that's what he. So you can see how it works because what he did is put low base of stock into that, and he can manage it however he wants. He can buy and sell whatever he wants inside of that. He takes a certain amount of income out um, now, and you know it's it's a pretty great tool. He's not abusing it. There's there's laws, and you have an attorney draft the charitable remainder trust. So it's it's such a great tool, and it, everybody wins except the government. It it really works well. Which, do you ever worry, like, when you say that out loud, some people might actually dislike that? Because, I, I, and they're typically the people who are on the government program. <laughs> Just throwing it out there. It's CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. It's newfocusfinancial.com. If you have a ton of wealth or you've got wealth, consider a charitable remainder trust. A trust, consider making sure you do some estate planning with that so that it passes efficiently. So a lot of states now are coming out of the woodwork and saying that they're not going to ask you what's your salary in a job interview. That's a good thing. There's awkward job interviews, but one of the most awkward parts of it is um, disclosure of what you're making now so they can kind of figure out, hey, maybe I can give you 3% more or 4% more instead of 10% more. And it turns out to be pretty sexist and pretty rude to ask someone their salary. Too few listings have pinched real estate this spring. Um, high prices, tight supplies are taking the wind out of home sales. A monthly measure of signed contracts to buy existing homes slipped eight tenths of a percent in March. The so-called pending home sales index from the National Association of Realtors is just eight tenths of a percent higher than it was in March 2016. Home shoppers are coming out in droves and they're competing with each other for just a meager amount of listings. There's just not enough listings. Donald Trump says that he's going to stay in NAFTA for now. That's good news. That's a winner. Um, ESPN laying off a lot of talent. And again, highest cost of doing business is labor. Consumer Reports has deemed Tesla's ratings over a braking system. <clears throat> Their Tesla sedan and crossover because the electric car maker never followed through in adding a key safety feature that's tied towards automatic braking, where a car slows down or stops. Uh, without driver involvement if it senses collision is imminent. Oil's tanking today, <clears throat> under $50 a barrel. You can find out more about me at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. Whether you're 20 years old or 60, managing your money can get complicated. So set aside Saturday, May 20th, and get ready to learn some strategies that can help you build wealth, invest confidently, retire better, and pass on your estate while minimizing taxes. That's May 20th at the Palo Alto Elks Lodge. We have two seminars lined up. The morning event runs from 9 to 11 with a focus on retirement income and estate planning. If you're nearing retirement, this one's for you. 
We'll explain how to transition your portfolio from the accumulation phase to the income phase, which accounts to draw from first, how to protect your estate from long-term care costs, and much, much more. Our afternoon seminar is all about investing for your first million. From one to three, we'll cover the building blocks of a successful portfolio, from investing basics to 401ks, Roth IRAs, real estate, taxes, and investing tips. Two separate seminars, May 20th at the Palo Alto Elks Lodge. Sign up for either event at robblackshow.com, only $25. For KDOW listeners, I waive the fee. Just use promo code RADIO25. That's robblackshow.com, promo code RADIO25. Call Rob Black now. 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. You know what they say, AT&T has announced a very limited rollout of 5G evolution. Started in Austin, Texas. Kind of makes you want to move to Austin, huh? Do you remember the 90s and as cell phones were becoming more and more popular, we would do things like go to trade shows and go, ooh, there's new technology coming out called 3G. And we're going to be able to do so much more, so much faster. 5G evolution, to me, kind of feels like a press release. Um, it doesn't really feel like an investment. But with that said, clearly AT&T and Verizon, Comcast, are going to spend billions on new equipment to try to stay ahead of each other. Very nascent, very early. Literally, the um, press release that AT&T came out with today was like, you know, this is just for people who own the Galaxy S8 or S8 Plus smartphone. But they also said, you know, through the rest of the year, and, you know, you look at the month, and what are we in, month four, month five of a 12-month year? They said throughout the rest of the year, we're going to, you know, roll out a little bit more into Atlanta, into Boston, Chicago, L.A., Nashville, San Francisco, and other cities. Um, and again, maybe it'll come up with some new ways of doing different apps, some new cloud computing solutions that have, will gain some more traction. Uh, you know, web services will be developed around it. Security needs will be, you know, implemented. So it's one of those things that it's a heavy press release. And you can't really fall in love with heavy press releases. It just won't help you. Uh, mortgage rates are the lowest now since they've been uh, since the election, and that's pushed people to refinance higher. Which again, I talk with Tony Mendez every Friday from uh, Bay Area Loan Source, and one of the things I can tell you is that who hasn't refinanced? Uh, in the last few years, if you haven't, like, were you, you know, dead to the world? Were you 
Cinder Rumple Stiltskin, where you just passed out. Average contract interest rate for a 30-year fixed mortgage with conforming balances is down to 4.2%. Pretty good number. Ooh, 420. Ooh, marijuana day. All right. <laughs> I know you're saying. What are you talking about? Um, the air freight industry has had some major players, uh, including UPS. UPS came out today with their earnings. It was a good quarter. One of the things they said, though, was we spent a ton of money coming up with some new technologies t- tied towards, you know, new hubs and how we're going to be sending packages in the future. I like FedEx and I like UPS. And I do see companies like Amazon, they're telling us very aggressively that they're getting into the shipping business. And you think of someone like an Amazon, you don't really think of them as a, you know, a plane company like UPS or FedEx. You don't really think of them as a boating company like a Maersk, uh, sending goods from China to the United States. But they're getting there pretty hard fast. Bitcoin spiked to an all-time high today. Bitcoin is something I don't understand, and I, I don't play with it on the radio, because I don't want to hurt people. The cryptocurrency is up to $1,330 a coin. Um, it's been a volatile year. It's rallied more than 20% um, after crashing over 35%. There was rumors that China was going to crack down on trading, and you know it, it created a lot of drama around Bitcoin. I don't do Bitcoin because I don't know it. I don't understand it. I can't analyze it. And I just have to back off when it comes to that kind of scenario. Um, I think I'd rather not hurt you ever. And I hope that makes sense. Um, Southwest said today that they're no longer going to overbook flights. And that's their CEO said on CNBC this morning. Uh, a guy named Gary Kelly he said, I've made the decision, the company has made the decision that we will cease to overbook going forward. We've been taking steps over the last few years to prepare for this anyway. Um, and that's bad news. Airlines make a lot of money from overbooking. A lot of money. And they guarantee that every seat's taken up. So the capacity is dramatic. And when a CEO says that to me, I'm like, boo! Now, socially, I'm like, yay, but stock-wise, I'm like, boo. <laughs> That's the sound that uh, people make when I take off my shirt at the gym. So, uh, thank you. Thank you so much. The practice of overbooking has come under fire because, like, United had to forcibly remove a passenger from a full flight. Delta said they're going to offer passengers up to $10,000 to give up their seats on overbooked flights. That's kind of crazy. Keep in mind, United said that they had asked volunteers to give up their seats in exchange for $1,000, but no one volunteered. What's the magic number for you? Um, you know, United and Delta have so many airplanes going to the same location that you're probably going tomorrow. I, I think 1000 to $10,000. I'm, I'm off. I think I'm going to go to the hotel get pretty drunk and have a nice steak. Um, but the airline industry has some bad news for investors today as they're basically saying, we're going to be nicer. As an investor, you don't want to hear that. But you get the idea, I think. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. 
We'll take a break. Be right back. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KBOW. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. 